0: Real Fun D.C. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Mickey Mellis. I hope you're either sitting on your couch or outside social distancing. Uh, Whatever you're doing, I hope you're being safe, healthy, and well. And I thank you so much for joining me. I'm so fortunate that regardless of what's happening out there, that I still have the platform Industry Night as a way of talking with people in the restaurant industry about what's happening for them and what's happening out there. Um, just recently, the last couple shows, I had uh, Michael Babin, who's the principal and owner of Neighborhood Restaurant Groups. He just uh, launched Neighborhood Provisions with which is basically how restaurants are now becoming your new corner store. Uh, so definitely get a listen to that. Eric Berner Yang was on recently too. We talked about his power of 10 initiative, which is really fabulous. And Eric Martino from uh, think food group and world central kitchen talked about how they turned everything around on the dime and are feeding people both locally uh, and nationally. Um, some, positive news. It wasn't, I wouldn't call it good news, but positive news is Foodie and the Beast will be back. It's airing its very first show this Sunday. So I'm thrilled that I'll have another platform as a way of communicating what's going on out there. Of course, you can uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NYCCI, I am really posting everything that the restaurants are doing out there as a way to keep them in business and a way to keep you well fed. Of course, course you can check out the list or you want it.com. Um, we have amazing roundups on creative community outreaches, the latest in delivery and takeout options, and people are getting so creative out there, which, um, I really applaud. So there is some really interesting and delicious new food and drink options for you to have at home and brunch. Brunch is a big thing in D.C., and it is still a big thing for you to now do at home, and area restaurants are helping you have that bit of normalcy, Uh, so check that all out. Um, So, you know, listen, in the past five weeks, a lot of restaurants have had to shut their doors. Some are doing delivery and takeaway. Others uh, have just closed outright, letting go of valuable staff and really creating a domino effect right so if you can't pay me then I can't pay the person who I'm supposed to pay next so this is what this is what's happening right so if we can't pay the restaurants restaurants can't pay the staff or they can't pay their vendors and it's just it's and so on and so on and so on um, but you know there are those out there that see things like this CARE Act the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act you know we hear numbers like $2.2 trillion and uh, there's a lot of belief out there, not maybe accurately, that um, this CARE Act is really gonna help the independent restaurants. Um, my guest today does not think so. I think a lot of people, uh, the people in the industry know a little bit better and I'm uh, really um, honored today to have Chef Kwame Unwachi, uh in studio with me. You know him as the James Beard winner, uh, executive chef of Kiffin Can and author of Notes from a Young Black Chef, which is his memoir and if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Chef, thank you so much for joining me. Um, in studio today. Well, not in studio. Thank you for joining me today. Um, of
1: course, I wish I could uh, be in studio. I wish. I it
0: know it, it would be so much more fun if you were in studio. Yeah. Um, so you are. I, I want to get to the fact that you're you're one of the people behind the Independent Restaurant Coalition. But let's kind of start with you. Five weeks ago, um, where was your head at? What were you thinking? And 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 how how did you feel that you needed to manage? What was happening out there?
1: Well, five weeks ago, I mean, that was kind of the start of all the ordinances that were happening city by city, town by town, state by state. You know, that was a week before we closed the restaurant. Um, I think they had just dropped the uh, legal occupancy to half of what it originally is and made everyone space their tables out at least six feet. Um, And at
0: that point, were you like what the fuck? Like, what? I mean, how did you hit, ha- like now, obviously hindsight is like 2020, but like at mm-hmm. that point, where was your head? Were you like, what is at, happening? Like what are we point, supposed
1: to do? Yeah. I was like, where is this going to go? We should, there should just be a nationwide shutdown because we're clearly continuing to put our staff in danger. You know, the restaurant was still super busy. So I was just like, I don't think this is really helping anything. And you know, the majority of restaurants aren't gonna close unless you tell them to, um, because everyone's trying, still trying to provide for themselves. So it was a weird situation. And then on top of that, I had my staff looking at me for answers and I didn't have any, you know, I think I would say that was the scariest part um, as being a restaurant operator, executive chef, uh, of not having the answers for your staff for the first time. So it was a, it was a scary time. Um, yeah, and the the domino effects that have ensued since then um, has shown our industry 's vulnerability um, it 's shown our resilience and how we 're able to um, come together so quickly but it's it 's also shown our vulnerability and I think it's now the time to figure out how we 're going to get back and how we 're going to beat this together and we need assistance we need assistance from the government we've we 've closed our restaurants in order to comply and save all of the constituents here in the Greatest nation in the world, and uh, you know, I feel we, we should be taken care of.
0: So, uh, well, I mean, I echo that thought and agree with you a hundred percent. Where, where, how did you get together with Tom Kukia? Where did the Independent Restaurant Coalition come from? Because it was formed pretty quickly. I feel like five yeah. or four weeks ago, you know, there were people who were like, I. I saw both sides of the coin. So, you know, there are those who have decided to stay open and to do takeaway and delivery. Like, that's that's what's working for them. And then there were those who were like, absolutely not. We are closing our doors. Like, this is the <laughs> only way to do it, right? And yeah. there was a little bit of us versus them, which I, I don't think was really necessary. Although I do agree that there should have just been a, a national, well, the like, thing with shut the it us all down.
1: them. I think I think that's an elitist standpoint to, to look okay. down on someone and say, you all should be closed. Look at what you're doing, putting your staff in danger. I don't, I don't know what someone else's financial situation is. There are people that also have come to this country as immigrants or even just Americans in general that have saved up their life savings to open up restaurants. And right. their ways of business may have already been in delivery. So, like, mm-hmm. can I say to just because you're, you're a Michelin star restaurant or you're a refined restaurant, now you can't open for delivery. That, that's not my place to say that, you know. Um, my place is to say we need to be united and we need to um, use our powers to come together. And that's why the IRC was was created. So we can use our platforms that we, you know, so thankfully have from our hard work to push for a revision of the um, CARES Act and just to let them know that we're reading it. We know what's in it.
0: Well, so did you guys start before... But you started the IRC before the CARE Act. Like, were you already, like, on it before then?
1: Yeah, but the CARE Act was has been developing for a long time. But yes, the IRC was developed before it, it was enabled, but we still were putting together something. Um, it, it, it it was to revise the, the CARE Act. That's what the IRC was created for. Okay. Um, and
0: who was it? Who came together for this?
1: Well, Sam Cass reached out to me. So that's how I got mm-hmm. involved in it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but there's, there's so many chefs involved. I mean, from Naomi Pomeroy to um Marcus Samuelson to Andrew Zimmerman. There's so many people involved in uh, the IRC.
0: And how are you all joining together? Like, is everybody on the same page for what needs to be done? Um, As far as because, you know, all the names you just said, I know that they're independent restaurant owners, but there's some big fancy schmancy names. So, and, and there is some sort of myth and mysticism out there around restaurants and chefs. And, and you know this cause you have it as well. You know, people think because you have a platform, you have the fame um, you have a great restaurant that you're awash in and cash. And that the business is a washing cash. There's sort, you know, the the changes in um in revenue for restaurants have declined steadily over the years and the margins are razor, razor thin. Um, and I think there's a real it's hard for people to reconcile that, right? Because they see one thing and they hear another and they can't put them together. Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh yes and no. I mean, um, I th- or you're trying to say that uh restaurant... I'm
0: saying the layperson. I'm saying the layperson thinks restaurants are all rich.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. People, people think, yes, that you see a busy restaurant, you equate that with lots of money. You see uh-huh. someone that name is on the marquee, you think they have money. I mean, people think that about anyone that's on TV once. You know, you think that they have money. That That's just a common misconception but i think even within the restaurant industry it's 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 even more grand and people don't realize that we run on raise within margins and we don't really make a lot of money it's a cash in cash out business and a lot of our you know 60 percent of our the money that even pumps into restaurants go back into our local communities whether that's through you know um uh, local purveyors, linen companies, you know, printing companies, wine producers, um, and our staff. So, like, yeah, the restaurant industry is, like I said earlier, you know, it, it's showing, this is showing our vulnerability and maybe it's making people realize how um, sensitive the the restaurant business is. Um, but we also are one of the largest employers in the world. And we directly employ over 11 million workers and generate $1 trillion in revenue. Uh, I know.
0: Don't you think it's not to get off topic just a little bit? Mm-hmm. But I mean, to your point, I mean, think about it. Two months ago, I mean, everybody in this city who owned a restaurant or who was in the restaurant business, I mean, I would get tech me- messages on the regular. Like, who do you know? What do you know? You needed staff, you needed cooks, you needed front of the house, you needed back of the house. I mean, mm-hmm. this city was a national, I mean, it was a national issue that, there was not enough hospitality workers. No, two months no. ago. Do you know it's what I mean?
1: It's, uh, it's yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I'm
0: over
1: <laughs> for them too, so it's, it's a tough. Yeah, business.
0: no, I'm with you. I mean, I think we're all. Um, I, I mean, I'm so devastated for everybody. I mean, listen, it clearly, I'm one of the. It affects everybody's business, mine included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's I mean, you know, we all imploded. Let's talk about the CARE Act and what the hopes for it were and what the Independent Restaurant Coalition is going to work to do to get. Because there, you know, there was all these sort of meetings and the president was meeting with like, you know, sort of big chain restaurants. But Independent restaurants did not have a seat at that table. So what was missing from this uh, relief act?
1: Um, You know, the PPP, there are flaws within that program. Um, Okay, so for people
0: who don't know, PPP is Paycheck Protection
1: Protection Program. Yeah, Because don't forget,
0: then there's also like the PP, like there's another PPP. (laughs) You got to be careful.
1: OPP, there's all types of stuff. Um, Exactly, But, yeah, so just to break down the Paycheck Protection Program was designed to Mm -hmm. accommodate all small businesses, including restaurants, and allow them to secure necessary capital, capital to reopen their doors and hire back their employees. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it prevents restaurants from really taking advantage of the program's benefits because of, you know, the percentage of staff that we have to hire back in order to be um, in order to be qualified to get the the loans or, or the grants, you know? So, uh, you know, we wanted to extend the maximum loan amounts to three months um, after we're allowed to reopen. Um, Right, to give you
0: time to ramp up.
1: We need time to ramp up. Um, We also can't hire back our staff if there's no work to give them right now. You know what I mean? So um, if we hire back our staff and then blow through that, because it's only supposed to go to rent, utilities and payroll. So if we blow through that in the two months and then they don't even lift the bans in the restaurant, then we're back to where we were in the beginning. Um, So we're also looking to increase the size of the PPP beyond the 350 billion and reinstate the 500 million gross revenue cap. we're also looking to increase the loan repayment to 10 years from its current two years, because we have no idea where we're going to be where we're going to be in these next two years. You know, we're in the right. business of gatherings we're in the business of small enclosed places with an increase of population within that's not where people are going to be running after this is all said and done. So it's going to take well, us. Well, And
0: not to, to mention so the more. obvious granted a large portion of those who are unemployed or those in the hospitality industry, but you know, there's millions of people who are without a job mm-hmm. and dining out is one of the first things that people cut from their yeah. discretionary budgets. Do you know what I mean? so, I mean, you really got, You've really got like two stacks against you already.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And then we're looking to create a restaurant stabilization fund as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that mean?
1: Well, you know, the Paycheck Protection Program will help rehire employees if, like, the timing issue that I talked about above can be resolved. But mm-hmm. we need more to ensure that businesses can even reopen. And if they, we don't have funds to pay our vendors and all the things that we back owe and all associated reopening costs, this will be like a crazy barrier to reopening our restaurants. Like We won't even get there if we don't have a fund to help stabilize um, and offset our costs. So we're looking for like a 50 to to $100 billion reinvestment that independent restaurants will be able to navigate um so we can navigate local and state closure mandates and then hire back our employees and survive for the future as like i said people start trickling back in and that's a normal thing for most like industries that get bailouts you know stabilization funds and we should we should definitely be um we should definitely qualify for that based off of the amount of people that we employ we also employ people throughout um, like tragedy like this, you know, we, we still have restaurants open. We're still providing jobs and it, it just makes sense for us to, to be taken care of at this time so that we can still have an industry when all is said and done.
0: And how is the IRC getting in front of the right people? How, so who, we have a lo- how are you lobbying the people yeah, yeah, in yeah. charge? We,
1: we hired a lobbyist company to help us with that. Mm-hmm.
0: And are you in regular touch with them? How are you? Yeah, every and, day. Are, and are independent restaurants regularly in touch with you? Because, like, I just heard yesterday um, that several restaurants in DC are looking to sue their insurance provider because they consider this an act of God, and insurance covers for act of God, but they don't consider it an act of God, so they're going to. Them. I mean, is that something you guys are thinking about as far as like insurance companies jumping in and helping out or you're like, no, we don't want to touch that one?
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the next thing I was going to talk about, requiring business oh, okay. interruption insurance to cover COVID-19. You know, we we every restaurant across the country pays premiums for business interruption insurance just to keep their businesses safe. You know, in the livelihood of our employees in case of natural disaster or civil authority shutdown. And these insurance firms that we rely on to protect us are in, are avoiding, directly avoiding coverage during this time by like falsely claiming that the virus doesn't cause a dangerous condition to property or that we close before government put this, you know, statewide shutdown. Um, so they're trying to wriggle their way out of it. You know, and that's also what we're fighting for. So. Yeah, I mean, we talk every day. We talk every day at 10 a.m. There's, you know, chefs that have 10 restaurants on this call and there's chefs that have one restaurant on this call. So it's independent restaurants from the top to the bottom that are represented in this. And that's why the IRC was created, you know, so we can have one voice that speaks for many. Mm
0: -hmm. And as a um, as a as a minority chef, as a black chef in this community, um, it's even harder. I mean, I've had multiple shows that I've done talking to um, people of color, women, you know, immigrants, etc., talking about access to funds, access to money without all this craziness going on. You know, as a, a black business, how did you help stand up for those issues in the IRC?
1: Um, I mean, I talk about them whenever I'm in front of press. So that's, you know, whenever I get a chance to speak on, you know, how already hard it is for um, people of color, minorities, women to have access to capital and achieve this American dream. And now we face this brand new fight, which is this pandemic and how to come back from this. You know, I, I, I talk about the small mom and pop shops who, like I said, you know, immigrant um, operated places that this is their American dream. You know, and then we have this bill that you have to jump through a, a hundred hoops in order to even access. I fear that it will hurt that community, my community, the most from this. And even if you look at coronavirus in general, it's affecting minorities at an alarming rate. Um, more than, more than others. So, it's a tough topic that it needs to be spoken about, and you know, I just try to bring awareness by using my voice to speak for those people.
0: Um. Well, they're very fortunate to have you because you do have a platform, and it's um important that that gets, that those words get heard and that they're out there. Um, what would be like going next, you know, there's a, I mean, I don't want to get into politics. I don't know how a pandemic becomes political, but yet here we are. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, are in the world is upside down. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say moving forward, let's say June ish, right? I mean, I know there's this talk of like May, which I think is ridiculous, but let's say June. <laughs> May that, is important. uh yeah. Right. I know. I mean, but anyway, like, let's say June, uh, we're flattening the curve. Businesses can slowly open. All right. And let's say they give the green light to restaurants with, you know, with rules. So, you know, Mm -hmm. precautions. you know, how do you, what, where are you on that? I mean, you must be trying to plan ahead. How are you, Trying to figure that out, and and your restaurant is in a hotel, which mm-hmm. also provides a whole other layer, right? Yeah. So, like, where can you talk about that? Like, where your head is on that?
1: I mean, we take it day by day. I, I have no idea what really to expect for, uh, like, timing and how it's going to be. I mean, I see the opening of restaurants is going to be challenging. For many reasons, I I think unless we find a vaccine, even if we do flatten the curve, there's still going to be some fear of crowds, fear of touching things, you know, fear of breathing the same air as people in a, in a confined area. And we're going to have to think about that when reopening, whether it's single use menus, whether it's, you know, silverware sealed in plastic or something, you know, with a sticker on it, uh, you know, um, our servers Toilet, wearing gloves. Like the
0: toilets of old, right? Like they exactly.
1: used to put sanitized
0: sticker. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's going to be the sanitized sticker. We're going to have to sanitize the tables and chairs before and after people get up. So like I'm trying to wrap my head around this industry as a whole because we're a hospitality industry and we're so used to taking care of people. I think people are going to be thinking about being around others in a whole new light. And that's a scary, scary sight for me. Scary thought, scary vision, um, scary reality. But it is real. And, you know, this is my industry. And this is all that I know. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that there's still one when this is all said and done.
0: Well, and um I'll be there in your restaurant <laughs> to enjoy uh your cooking and your food and your staff um and everything that you all do. And I can't tell you how appreciative I am of what the IRC is doing um, and how absolutely um, angry I was when I saw who was at the table originally um, and not taking into consideration who the backbone of the restaurant industry mm-hmm. really is. And and actually mm-hmm. I, what I found the most frustrating for me personally in watching all that was fact that the big chains didn't even say, hey, there are people not at the table that should be here, which is just as much their responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's important. It's always important to look when you're at a table. If you have a seat at the table, it's always important to look and see who's not sitting there with you. Um, I always find, and I think it's important to find a chair for them. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I sincerely hope um, as we progress with this, I can bring you back on um, to talk about where we are and what's happening and what's happening for you. Um, Because obviously what the IRC is doing is so important and it's, it's changing every day. Um, And I'm hoping that you'll have really good news to share with us um, about the IRC, about what you've accomplished And hopefully, uh, you know, what you do next with Kith and Ken.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. It's always Uh, great talking to you.
0: You too. Can you tell everybody where they can find information on the IRC, especially uh, uh, people who you may not be in the restaurant world, but you may be interested? And also where we can find you on social media.
1: Yeah. So you can go to SaveRestaurants.com. That's SaveRestaurants.com. And, um, my Instagram is chef Kwame on watchy. Um, that's, uh, probably have to Google that to spell it, but, um, that's, that's that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you. If you put in Kwame, it comes up. Trust me. Um, so Chef Kwame, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Again, I'm Nikki Nellis. This is Industry Night. We're on every week. We're covering what's going on in the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, um, in the D.C. metro area. There's so much happening and so many people doing such incredible work given the crisis at hand. So again, you can always follow me at n y c c i n e l l i s on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Tune in to Foodie and the Beast this Sunday. We won't be live, but we will be good at 11 a.m. And of course, always go to the list. Are you on it, dot com, for the latest of, um, information on how uh, you can feed yourself and feed others in the DC area. I want to thank uh, Chef uh, Kwame Onwachi once again for joining us. If you have not read his glorious memoir, Notes from a Young Black Chef, you're missing out. Read it before the movie comes out. Um, and I thank you again for joining me. Please, everybody, be safe, be well, social distance, and hopefully we'll all be together soon. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.